Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Don't you hate it when you get a work email on a Saturday? I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. John. Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. Mine is horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. Each of us selects a movie that is underappreciated, and we try to give you a second chance by listening to us talk about it. <laughs> this week on the podcast is Tony's pick. I went with uh, 2019's, almost said 1919's. 1919's. <laughs> it's, it's an old one. It's a silent film. 2019's Dr. Sleep. Favorite line? There wasn't any lines. Yeah. <laughs> favorite, uh, favorite caption? <laughs> this movie, uh, IMDb has it as uh, 7.4. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 77%. Whoa. Critics and 89% audience score. Metacritic Ooh. has it as 59%. So that's where you got it. 59? One, I was wondering. How much money 1%. did it make? It made, it cost $45 million. It made $72 million. Yeah. Wow. It didn't, so really, it didn't make its yeah, money back. Nobody went and saw this because, they're. I mean, people are going to say what they say. But, like, on the director's stuff sorry. and stuff, they said they marketed it wrong. But, I mean, they mentioned they marketed what they it said. as a sequel to The Shining. Yeah, but they, they said that if you watch the trailers, like, the first trailer that came out, didn't say it was anything to do with The Shining. And then the, the second trailers and stuff, then they started pushing it. But it's kind of like the Harley thing. It's like once you put the first trailer out, everyone's like, okay, well, we saw what this is about, whatever. Yeah, they're not interested in seeing additional trailers. Yeah. Now well, I kind of wish I had watched the trailer. <laughs> this is... Uh, I thought you kind of wish you had watched The Shining. Mm. I Actually, I did kind of wish I had watched The Shining. But I have never seen The Shining. <laughs> well, you can always watch it sometime. So. We have it. Well, we were going to watch it... We had talked about watching before we watched this, but we just finished but this you movie. didn't have a week? <laughs> no. But we ironically just finished this movie 15 minutes before you came over. So we really waited to the last long... possible second yeah, with this a, one. It's a bit of a long, a long... Yeah, you think this is a long wait, so I do heat. <laughs> I did do, in my defense, do two overnights this week at work. Woo! Which sucked balls. Yeah. I bet. I have to drive past your work to get home from work now. Oh. And every time I'm like... Oh. I could have stopped and said hi to Elaine, but I don't know if she's there. <laughs> it's funny. I was there yesterday, and I saw by. a woman from the back, and I said, is that Carly? Yeah. She was not you, but she really me. looked yeah. like you. Because I didn't work yesterday, so I wasn't. She'd walk over, hey, Carly. She'd turn around and be like. I didn't say that. <laughs> I would not. Carly! Carly! It's really hard to recognize people with a mask on, but I knew it wasn't you. You well, that's not true because around. we were at the Armani store today and the lady recognized me. She's like, oh, hey, how you been? I'm like, I second time I've ever been here. I was great. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, when were you here last? <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> I stopped in. Just want to see how Armani was doing. And I was like, wow, this lady's good because it's hard to recognize people in a mask. Although the crazy people that shop at my store multiple times a week, we all know what they look like. Mask or no mask. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell by the way that lady's walking. <laughs> what if she's Christopher walking? Oh. <laughs> well, this movie was written by Mike Flanagan. Uh-huh. He did The Haunting of Hill House and Gerald's Game. Not uh, by Stephen King. Uh, no. Well, he he did a um, he did a walk over or look over on the uh-huh. um, script. And he's like, "That's not what I was thinking," but go ahead. Yeah. Because um, he, no, he was he was good with this one. He liked this one. He was. Well, when they said whatever happened to Danny, didn't he? he used to say that he was married to the girl from Firestarter or something like that? Yeah, yeah. They're always trying to do uh, fan stuff with this. Uh, starring Ewan McGregor, you know, mm-hmm. from Star Wars prequels, Train Spotting, 
uh, Moulin Rouge. Rebecca Ferguson from uh, she's a Mission Impossible. The movie Impossible. Haywire. You may want to remember that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the girl on the train. I haven't seen that. Uh, Kylie Curran. Which one is that? Uh, That's Abra. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. from a movie called I Can I Will. I something something like that. Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't. She only has three acting. I don't think so. she's gonna have a big thing. Yeah, she's it's only like one other movie. And Cliff Curtis is a return to the podcast. He was in the Meg. There is another return. Welcome back to the podcast, Lurch. Yes. Yeah. The gentleman that plays Grandpa Flick was Lurch from the Adams Family. family? Okay. Which we did Adams Family Values. Yeah. And now that you mention it, I can see that. <laughs> I did not think about that until you said it. He looked. He wore the exact same clothes. I know, but it's just. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He just talked this time instead of groaning. <laughs> so I got some reviews. Oh, good. I like reviews. Uh, it's kind of hard to find any reviews that aren't 10 or 1. Mm-hmm. You either love this movie or you really hate this movie. So I'm gonna do, I got a few reviews because the ones that hate it are pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I thought. Mm-hmm. So this one, Clegane. Uh, Clegane. His name is Clegane. <laughs> no, it's... Kligligan. <laughs> yeah, Kligligan. Is he Klingon? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> 10 out of 10. It delivered so much more than I expected. I never write reviews, but this movie was absolutely badass. It wasn't very scary. It was just a really cool movie with a great plot. Blah, blah, blah. I never believe you when you say you never write reviews. Fucking liar. You're writing one right now. You have an account. You write reviews. I bet I could search and find more reviews that you've written. I write reviews. This one's... uh. This one's from AB, AB Driving, 1 out of 10. It should be called You Will Fall Asleep. Oh! <laughs> um, okay, this one is uh, Hagrunwald. You find all the good ones. Yeah. Hagrunwald? Hugenwald. Is Hugenwald. He, is he German? Possibly. Uh, 1 out of 10. Possibly the worst sequel I've ever seen. Yes, I have seen Blade 2 and Highlander 2. Has he seen Blade 2 is great. Two. Has he what? Jack Frost. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask him. <laughs> John watched Highlander 2 the other day. No, I watched Highlander 3 the other day. No, but you were watching that thing about Highlander 2. I was watching I'm... a documentary on Highlander 2. <laughs> it was about how bad it was and how they were like, they're aliens now? Wait, You're right, what? it was a documentary. But <laughs> there was Highlander 2 action in my living room. Let me just put it that way. And, last, and lastly, Cat Laurel says, 1 out of 10... Watching this movie is like going out with a really boring guy who keeps bringing up your ex-boyfriend who you're still in love with. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, that's pretty good. Though. I thought that was. I thought those were pretty funny. So, what did you think going in, John? I thought, hey, I wanted to see this. Carly. All right. <laughs> I thought I've been avoiding this. <laughs> and really? Tony made it so I have to watch it. I can't say no. Really? Um, I have seen <laughs> I The Shining no. one time. Mm-hmm. It it was as an adult. Oh, I know. But I've been because... an adult for fifteen years. More more than fifteen years. Um, <laughs> been so adult for two weeks. <laughs> I but I also have never read any Stephen King. And mm. when I watched The Shining the one time, there was a lot of shit that I did not get. Like that that. Based on this movie, I was not getting that movie. <laughs> no. I came in I, after I got off the phone with my family for 17 hours this morning. Wow. I came in and I was like, so you, are you liking this movie? You get it? She's like, well, I don't understand this and that. And I'm like, you know that's that's Danny Torrance, right? No. No, I didn't. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> then you kind of missed the whole yeah. point of the movie. So, 
Yeah, the, see, because when we talked about this, you had said you don't need to watch the first one to get it. Well, because they put the intermittent, the intermittent splashes of the it, first one. It in really it. helps if you know. No, what's it going does. On. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to hear my thoughts? Yes. yes. <laughs> I thought I've never seen The Shining. I wonder if I should watch The Shining. I'm think The Shining would scare me. I hope this doesn't scare me. Yeah, The Shining's scarier than this. It's probably going to be scary. Yeah. Well, I know a couple I, of scenes. I'll hold that, my uh, thoughts until the it's end. Not so but I will when say, I the, when I saw The Shining, I was really young. Too. I forgot though, because like it doesn't so, scare you now. If you yeah. know what happened. It's been a little bit be- between when you picked the movie and when we recorded, and we've had stuff going on as you have in your life. Yeah. And I forgot that this movie was a sequel to The Shining. So then when we're watching it and you see the hallway, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is that movie that's the se- that's from The Shining, right? And John goes, yeah. I said, do you think I should have watched The Shining? <laughs> and he's like, well, we own it. I said, this, so out- this movie's two and a half hours long. We don't have time to watch <laughs> The Shining and then watch this. And he's The like, Shining is over two hours. Is too. it really? Yeah, I, I forget. Yeah. And then, it's um, not as long as this. And he's like, I talked to Tony. He says you don't need it. And I says, okay. So I don't know if my take on this movie will be completely different because I have not seen The Shining. I'm interested in that. You this is going to be like a first. Yeah, this is going to be like the Carly. I am version. not the one who had never <laughs> saw wow. this. You're the Carly. <laughs> and honestly, all the things from The Shining that they referenced was all those pop culture things that you see. So a I got... There was, yeah. was little things that you just didn't notice, but you didn't were, know that you didn't know it. That's true. But like most of The Shining stuff... Well, I feel like I got enough of the Shining references to understand when they were referencing the Shining. Right. Like Maybe right not, r- but... At Room 237, they might as well had a big fucking sign. I know. There was neon and kept flashing at There was it. a couple like, of them. You're just like, okay, dude. <laughs> we got it, man. A little over the top. That's when Tony was like, hold on a second. Because that was when... And I was like, oh, yeah, that's from the beginning of the movie. He goes, no, no, Carly, that's... Room <laughs> <laughs> 237 is kind of a big deal. Do you know what that is? That's from the beginning of the, from the, beginning of the movie. Remember. Yeah, that's now, the beginning of the movie. Now, I don't know why 237 movie. is such a big movie. But but I I got that it was a hotel room yeah. from the yeah Overlook. Okay, and so... she knew it was called the Overlook. So that's which, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> it was just buried in my brain. So... Just real quick, this movie's a sequel to The Shining. It's a movie about Jack Torrance, an alcoholic writer that gets a side job as caretaker of the Overlook Hotel, an old building that has ton has had ton of murders and horrible occurrences in it. His son Danny has The Shining, which is basically a telepathic receiver that only a few people have. His dad also had a bit of it. Bad part is ghosts seem to be drawn to people with this gift. Danny to a lesser de- Danny, and then to a lesser extent his dad. Um, the ghosts torment both of them. Uh, they terrify Danny and drive Jack mad. Um, this makes Jack fly into homicidal rage. Jack assaults his wife and hunts down his son with an axe. Danny leads Jack to a bush maze outside in the cold where Jack freezes to death. Just so and it's large. Just so we're all on the same page from that. <laughs> it's a really good synopsis of The Shining. Yeah. Just real quick. Just, yeah. Just now, missed, you missed a couple things. But. In the book the end the hotel explodes burns to the ground so that's why people are like a little confused by the movie because the movie obviously that doesn't happen because it's you know and so because it's in the in the, in the movie they just sh- in the in the book they just shut it down and abandon it so all right so the movie starts out <clears throat> at riverside campgrounds there's a young girl violet she's hunting for flowers she comes upon a young lady singing and holding flowers by the water um she introduces herself as Rose the Hat. That's uh, Rebecca Ferguson, because she's always wearing a black, a worn black top hat. Uh, she does a few small little tricks for the girl, and slowly the rest of her crew 
that they're called the true knot appear. They never say that. It's only like in the trivia. It really upset me. Why? They they mentioned the true knot. When? Yeah, they say uh, it a when they times. get the I didn't hear it at all. girl, like when they're doing the chant, the true mm-hmm. knot. Oh, maybe I'm, I must hold have us it. together. I think it's just it's one of those things that you probably missed it in dialogue yeah. because it's it's not a real you know it's like you expect it to be like we're I, the we're the killers or something. Force five. When yeah. they're talking about Abra and <laughs> he's one, like, two, should three, we four. bring her into yeah. the true knot? And she's like, we don't want anybody with that much power in the true knot. Like, <laughs> I guess I just didn't register that they were saying it because I didn't read the trivia until the end and I they were talking about. It. I was like, what the fuck is this they didn't mention that the whole movie i guess i didn't register but she does a few tricks for her and she says that she senses violet has some magic in her too then the true knots slowly appear around her and they all jump on her and they take her they are creepy they take her away meanwhile her mom they are gonna kill a little girl but the way they appear every time it's like those videos with a cat that's walking down the hallway and like you close it and then they're they're closer Cats um, are creepy. <laughs> her mom wanders around calling for her. Obviously, she's gone. Then we get a flashback to little Danny Torrance riding his big wheel through the overlook. He stops to look at room 237. The door Very handle. subtly, they point out that it's room 237. <laughs> yeah, you can barely Super tell. subtle. You, know, if you, you had to know to look. The door handle starts to open from the inside, and then the door opens, and the bathtub woman comes out after him. Didn't the bathtub woman have a name? She does, but I don't, I don't remember. remember. It yeah. <laughs> doesn't... Uh, he wakes from uh, from this nightmare only to find out that the ghost has followed him to his new home in Florida. Uh, he's terrified, pisses himself, until his mom comes and grabs him. She asks him what happened, but he doesn't talk anymore ever since they left the hotel. She doesn't say it. Since, you know, then. then yeah. <laughs> we cut to the next day. This lady does a great Shelley Duvall. She does. Also a good Shelley Long, like Elaine kept saying. Oh, Shelley Yeah, it was um, she does a really good Shelly Long. I'm like, Duvall. Right, we both decide she she did a very good job of yeah. being Yeah, and, and I told Elaine, if they're going to remake Popeye, this is your girl. Because <laughs> she's large. Get that Popeye remake going. Yeah. Um, cut to the next day. Danny's alone on a bench when Dick Holleran shows up from the first movie. Uh, he was a young black dude that was uh, played by Scatman Crothers. He's not young. He anymore. also has a well, he also had The Shining, and he kind of gave uh, Danny a little rundown of what it was. Um, He's like Ramirez. I didn't realize yeah. this was a reoccurring character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I only did because Tony mentioned it once. He's not he a real big character. Mm, no. When I was an hour and forty minutes into the movie, <laughs> it, sh- it should have been Sean Connery. That'd have been great. <laughs> we are brothers. We are brothers. Um, we had uh, feel it. <sighs> Dick explains that because the Overlook is closed, all the ghosts inside are starving for his shining energy, so they're going to keep coming for him. Danny's obviously upset, so Dick says, well, a similar thing happened with his grandpa. Uh, His grandpa, after he died, he kept showing up and hurting him and stuff like that, so his grandmother uh, showed him a little trick. Um, He can make these little boxes in his mind and capture the ghosts and keep them locked away. So one cut a hole in the box <laughs> <laughs> to put Two. the ghost in that box yeah. <laughs> don't let him open the box <laughs> that's the way you do it it's a ghost in a box <laughs> <laughs> alright so Danny practices make the box too. stuff that junk in the box <laughs> that's right there you go <laughs> Danny practices this and then the next time the bath lady comes for he slot, he locks her ass up in his mind prison and that's the end of that and he's able to pee and not wet his pants yeah <clears throat> We fast forward to now. Danny's all grown up, grown up, and it's Ewan McGregor. 
he's a mess he's an alcoholic druggie picks up a woman from a bar gets into a bar fight goes home does a ton of cocaine and passes out goes to her home goes to her home Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh when he wakes up he finds her um out her she's knocked out her house is all a mess and he doesn't have any money and she threw up all over the bed yeah which is gross so she might be dead he gets upset he notices he doesn't have any money he gets upset and goes into her purse to take her money uh and a toddler walks out then the ghost of hollering shows up and tries to stop him says look you know you're not gonna take this lady's money And, and then uh, he put uh, Danny puts the kid on the bed with some Cheez-Its next to his mom with some Cheez-Its and then rolls out with her money. He's uh, doing pretty well for himself. Yeah, <clears throat> he's a quality fellow. Mm-hmm. We cut to a movie theater. Rose the Hat and her friend Crow Daddy are watching this couple up in the front. Turns out the couple is a young blonde, a very young blonde, and an older man. The blonde's name is Annie. Led the man there to attack him. She has a mind control power. They call her a pusher. She can make you do things just by saying it. Push her will upon you, yeah. I guess. And he's a pedophile, maybe rapist. Uh, and uh, she controls him, makes him go to sleep, and cuts red slashes on his face to mark him. Apparently, that's she's been doing this for a while. Uh, Rose finds out about it and calls her... Um, Viper. Snake bite. Snake bite. Snake bite Annie. Um, and she wants her to join the True Knot. She tries to mind control... Um, Rose, but it doesn't work on Rose. I don't think so, Scooter. I got more mountain powers than you. Yeah. Um, so then we cut to a birthday party. It's little Abra Stone's birthday. Uh, a magician's doing a bunch of tricks for kids. <laughs> She's like, I could do that. Abra <laughs> thinks it's funny, but says that she can do tricks too. The magician's like, great kid. <laughs> um, but inside, she makes all the spoons in her house stick to the ceiling. A lot of spoons in this house, by the way. <laughs> what is with all the spoons? A I lot know, of spoons. Now I know where all of our spoons went because yeah. we're running out of spoons, and now I know they're in this lady's kitchen. Yeah. We periodically go through a phase where we just have nothing of a particular type of silverware, mm-hmm. and you're just like, "Where the fuck are all the spoons? Right. Where the hell have all the butter knives gone yeah. to?" I mean, maybe they went through this and they overcompensated. Maybe. Because there's a lot of fucking. When you, we don't have that many spoons. What do you think? What do you think we got? 15 spoons? That's a lot of spoons. We do have a lot of spoons yeah. because we have the teaspoons that his grandmother had. Right. Mm-hmm. So there's like a whole coffee. set of teaspoons that I use as my coffee Just spoons. Yeah. And then we have regular spoons and they come with regular yeah. spoons and big this, regular this spoons. Like, even if we included... I have a set of silver-plated flatware that my mom gave me. Even right. if we Excuse include, me. She gave to us. <laughs> even if we include... Half oh. those spoons are his, young lady. <laughs> and I will have my spoons. You can have the tablespoons. I only like teaspoons. Why do they even make tablespoons? I know. They're so big. But anyways, <laughs> even if we include all of those spoons, I don't think we have this many spoons. I want yeah. my spoons. This, this, this lady's kitchen is covered in spoons. And there's even other flatware and stuff on the ground. You're like, do they just have parties or something? It's catering? like all the flatware flew out. And the kid said, no, I don't need forks. So she dropped them all on the ground. Like... And then just Elaine's stuck the really spoons in the this. ceiling. I don't understand though. But why would all the forks be on the ground? And this isn't even favorite seat. <laughs> so either How way, because you know? I saw what you wrote. <laughs> I could always scratch it out and write something else. I'm not there yet. Damn. Okay. <laughs> so either way, uh, the parents see that she can make spoons stick to the gra- to the ceiling, and they're like, um, "Wow!" And then she laughs and lets it go, and all the spoons <laughs> crash to the ground. That's scary. <laughs> but the the problem is, it sends us a. a, a, a they don't show it, but you get the idea that it sends a psychic shockwave around the earth, and uh, Rose picks up on that, and so does Danny. They both sense it. So, 
It's like when you can sense another mortal around. <laughs> yes. It's the quickening. Mm-hmm. It's not the quickening. No, it's not. It's different. So Rose talks it's to Annie. It's the shining. It's the shining. <laughs> Rose talks to Annie, gives her the name Snakebite, and she explains that if she joins the true knot, she'll live a very, very long time and see some amazing things. And eat well. Right now she's 15, but in 100 years, she might be 17. That's how slow they age. Danny, that would piss me off. Like, can you wait a couple of years before you make me more? I know. I don't want to be 15, 15 for the next 100 for, years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Danny rides, uh, jumps on a bus, rides on it, and leaves uh, this whole mess behind him and goes to a new town, New Hampshire. He meets uh, a kid's train operator named Billy. They kind of hit it off a bit. And uh, Billy tells can tell that by looking at him that he's a drifter and he's running from something. He tries to help Danny by getting him a job, a place to stay. Just pretty much good guy. Uh, he gets an, <clears throat> he gets an apartment loft with uh, one wall is painted with a that chalkboard paint, so it's mm-hmm. basically just a giant chalkboard. And uh, Danny can't believe that this guy's helping him out, but he doesn't really have any options because he's basically homeless. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Later at the beach that night, uh, the True Knot turn to uh, turn Andy into one of them. Essentially, they're basically psychic vampires, but instead of blood, they breathe in shine, a sparkly mist that leaves special people when they start to die. Rose also collects it in canisters, these weird vaping canister type things. Um, they make and they breathe it in, and it makes their eyes shine and stuff like that. So let me ask you now, since you want to be a vampire, right? Yeah. So if you if you had to be a blood sucking vampire or one of these um, shine sucking vampire vampires, what are you gonna go with? It sucks. This it, this sucks because you can't. I don't. You can't just get it from people. You have to hurt them and kill them. You know, vampires. Do you just think go, vampires hey. are not hurting someone and, when they suck well, all the blood out of their body? In a lot of vampire mythology, they can just go, "Hey, you know, I'll give you hundred bucks if you let me drink some of your blood," and you get friends and stuff like that. But this, you have to hurt and murder people and torture them to get. So and not just people. Well, they, kids, children. Well, they do kids because when you get older, apparently their shine is weaker and it's harder. You know, it's yes. harder to get anything. So they're specifically. Hunting kids. Hey. So you're still going OG vampire then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not doing this. I'm sorry. My brain hey, is what? But if this is your only option, though? What if this is the only If this is the only option, then we'll maybe. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just looking. But I don't want to. Because do I recognize that dude, and he's the one he said was in the Meg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I said nothing, because I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah. So Andy. Um, sometimes. Yeah. Andy breathes it all in. She apparently dies and then comes back. She's one of these psychic vampire, true not, whatever you want to label her. Gorillas of the Mist. Yes. No. That was just completely different. Vampires so, of the Mist. They definitely suck. Demons the, of the Mist. Danny. Demons. Danny wakes steam. up. Steam. Steam demons. They're steampunks. They're steamins. <laughs> Lord. Danny wakes up in his bed, um, and somebody's with him. He rolls over, and it's the Coke lady and her baby. They're both there. Apparently, and they're both dead. Apparently, she had OD'd and died, and the baby had stay had just stayed there. Nobody really noticed that the baby was crying because she's a, apparently a bad parent and just let the baby cry sometimes. So they both died. Danny immediately gets out of bed, runs out of the room, goes to talk to Billy, and asks for help. He says he's fucked, and um, so Billy goes and enrolls him in Alcoholics Anonymous. Danny meets the head of that chapter and. Uh, sees him rubbing his wrist constantly and he goes look um I, I just have these weird things where i know things and i can tell you lost your watch here's where it's at and, and it was something to do you you lost it because you were thinking about this kid's illness or something and the doctor's like wait what you know and he's like holy shit so just go no. okay. yeah he's like just check 
Your watch is there. Yeah, and then he does, and that impresses this guy. So he's like, uh, look, um, you have some orderly experience, and I need someone to help run or take care of people in this hospice. So you can get that job if you want. And he's like, I'll take anything. So he does it. It seems like one of the reasons Billy helped him in the first place is because he recognized he was an alcoholic. Mm. And that, and Billy, as a former alcoholic, is always trying to help other alcoholics. Yeah. So I get think, him in the program. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one of the reasons why Billy helped him in the first place because he looked at him and was like, "Oh, you are at rock bottom. <laughs> I think I might be able to help you." Yeah, he may have smelled the booth on too. But uh, so Andy, <clears throat> Snakebite Andy, wakes on the beach. There's a large caravan of trailers and trucks around her now. She asks Rose, "Am I still human?" Where Rose responds, "Do you care?" So that means no. Yes. Yeah. She's like, I felt like I died. And she's like, you did. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't. No, you said it wouldn't hurt. It doesn't hurt now. Yeah. <laughs> At the hospice, Danny's mopping the floor when uh, a fluffy white cat named Asriel uh, runs around and then goes to a patient's room. The angel of death. Danny tries to get it out, but he runs up and jumps on the bed. And the elder page, elderly patient inside says, it's okay. The cat knows when someone's time is up. And comes to sit with them as they go. Danny, of course, thinks this is all bullshit, but it ends up being true. So the old man's terrified of death, and mm-hmm. Danny uses his telepathy or whatever you want to call it, shine, to calm the man down. So the cat has the shine too, maybe. Or the <clears throat> cat is, you know, a gatekeeper to the underworld. Well, cats are evil, so. <laughs> yes, because they're all serial killers, but they're also, you know, the gatekeepers to the underworld, and they have a connection with the dead. Are you Egyptian? No, but I have watched Constantine many times. Oh, <laughs> same thing. And actually, I don't know if my ancestors were Egyptian. Probably at some point. They might have been. If you, probably some at some point. <laughs> um, but Danny tells the man, look, death's not terrible. You're just going to go to sleep. There's not going to be any pain, no suffering, no sleeping, in, no slipping into darkness. You just go to sleep, and that's it. Danny the watches the man die. The, Danny watches the man die, and he sees the little bit of smoke. He's some shine. Shine come out. Why of didn't him. he breathe it in? Because he's not a he's demon. Not a shine vampire. <laughs> so Danny goes home and somebody has written hello on his chalkboard wall. He's like, uh, okay. And he writes hi back on it and goes back to sleep. And we see Abra, wherever she is in the world, laugh. Now we cut to eight years later. Because she's super powerful. Yeah. Danny's at AA. He's cleaned up. He collects his eight-year coin. He shaved his beard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He explains that he got to do what his dad has never done, stop drinking. Then Jack cut- stopped drinking. <clears throat> Eventually. And he froze to death. We all yeah. stop in the end. Mm-hmm. He cut. We cut to the hospice. Danny's settled into his doctor sleep role, ferrying souls to the other side, basically. He helps another old man, tells him we don't end, uh, and they sing a little bit together until the man passes. Now we get fly me to the moon. Is this gonna be your end song? <laughs> Maybe because uh, he no. may have just remembered. Come fly by. <laughs> no, I was thinking That's... about it in the beginning, but we'll see. Now when Danny gets home, he and Abra are pen pals. They've been writing back and forth on this little. Uh, There's a bar in Far Bombay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the True Knot, <clears throat> the True Knot camp, Crow Daddy's looking for Rose. She's up meditating on top of the roof of a trailer like she's been doing. She's trying to find that person that sent out that shockwave eight years ago. Crow Daddy's worried that the oldest member, Grandpa Flick, isn't doing too well. Um, he also brings up that none of them have really been eating well, and it's harder and harder to find people that really shine. 
he pushes Rose to maybe go because she has canisters that she collects that she keeps in reserve. And she's, he's like, look, maybe we need to pop some of those open. And she's like, no, everything's fine. But she said, he says, no, Crow Daddy's surely not fine because he's starting to show gray in his beard and stuff like that. He doesn't look it. And he also says, look, we're not finding people that shine anywhere well anymore. Maybe it's cell phones or their diet or Netflix. But uh, it's really hard to find these people. It's They're, Netflix, definitely. And I'm Netflix. on the hunt for one, but I'm going to need a hit yeah, he's in just, order to find them. No, I feel that because I canceled Netflix and I feel great. How's your shine? I feel, my shine. I feel like you ever see The Last Dragon? Yeah. I'm glowing. <laughs> you letting your soul glow? Yeah. Hmm. Crinkle, crinkle. It's funny because you don't have any hair. Shut up. <laughs> so, uh, he, yeah, Crow Daddy that, says. See, no, no, that's a different movie. Crow Daddy says he's working on something in Iowa. Rose says, okay, look, she'll go get a canister and open one tonight for everybody. And he asks, well, you, what, are we low or something? She says, of course not. But then that night when she goes in there, she only has three left. She opens it up for, that, for them that night, and they all feast on it. So then we cut to a Little League baseball game in Iowa. People in the stands are excited about a particular boy. He's never missed a ball. It's like he can read the pitcher's mind. Crow Daddy's in the back smiling in the stands. And who is that man that talks about number 19? Who is it? Did you read the trivia? No. That is the actor that's that Danny was played during oh, Danny really? Torrance. Oh, yeah. that's right. It's a cameo. That's cool. Because <laughs> while he's not a big enough actor to be leading this movie, he's not Ewan McGregor. Well, of course. But he's big enough to be in the stands. Yeah. He can show up. And he got a speaking line. Yeah. Which means he gets a credit. He gets his SAG card back. <laughs> Um, after so, he gets his medical insurance. <laughs> <laughs> after the game, the boys walking home. Crow Daddy and another guy and Andy roll up in a van. Um, the guy tries to talk him to him. Hey like, man, come on. Hey, I'll give you a ride home. No, you're in a no. creeper van. Yeah. It's never gonna happen. Stranger danger, dude. But Snake by Andy, she's the pusher. She hypnotizes them basically and tells them to get in. That night she's they take the, the other guy is Barry the Chunk. Of course. They all have I these really chunk. <laughs> they all have these very strange names. And I'm sure in the book they have way deeper characters, but in this we don't really. Because they're they're like Snakebite Andy, Apron Annie, Barry the Chunk, Grandpa Flick, Silent Sorry, Diesel Doug, Short Eddie. They're terrible names, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I and like, they, and they may be different in the book. I like. I haven't read the book, so. So that night they take the boy to an abandoned coal refinery place, I don't know, Mm -hmm. uh, and kill him. They torture him because it purifies the steam, and uh, this also sends small shockwaves out, alerting Abra and Danny. Then they kill the shit out of him, bury him with a glove. Now, the thing about this scene, this is a quick story. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was, this guy, this kid is apparently an award maybe Academy Award nominated actor. He's a very big deal and they only got him for... This kid has 33 acting credits and he's 13 years old. This kid is a very big deal and they were very excited to get him but they could only keep him for two days because he's filming so much shit. (laughs) So they get him and they're like, okay, are you ready to do this? Because this is a very kind of important role. This is like the rough, this is like the roughest thing that happens in this movie. And he's like, oh, I'm down. I've been practicing all week and they're like, Okay, so they go do it. He's so good that the cast has to leave because they're crying so Like hard. all the vampire yeah. actors the, like, the couldn't hat, handle it. They said Rose the Hat went to her trailer and wouldn't come back. She was, she was crying so bad. Now, the po- the funny thing is is they're, they're trying to keep this film shoot together, and everyone keeps... Because they have kids. They're collapsing and crying and leaving. <laughs> this is, I'm sad 
scene. This is a very brutal <laughs> scene. A terrible human being. So, they, but the boy thinks it's hilarious, <laughs> and 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 Rose leaves and won't come out of her trailer. And then Ewan McGregor and um, Billy, I can't remember his name. Uh-huh. They come in and everyone's crying and leaving, and they have a birth. It's his birthday, and they have a birthday cake for him, and they're like. What's going on? <laughs> and they're, they're like, everyone's upset and leaving. And it's like, why? And they're like, because we're killing a little boy on the screen. And it, I, I heard this on a podcast the director was talking about. It. He was like, it's the most terrible and hilarious thing that he's ever seen happen on a film set. But If I was a little boy, I'd go right, on, right by her trailer where she's crying and start screaming. <laughs> I won't tell. Oh, please, yeah. I won't tell. It's a very rough scene. It's upsetting. But, um, and it's very upsetting for Abra up halfway across the country who seems to be picking up this radio signal yeah uh, during the killing Abra calls Rose a monster Rose hears this and Abra shatters the back the blackboard at um Danny's house or whatever the the wall um the word murder is formed nope. red rum well it's murder not the way he saw it first but when he sees it He's laying on. He gets knocked out of bed and rolls over and looks in the mirror and sees it, and it's red rum in the reflection. So that's from the first movie. Yeah, which is like super famous. Yeah, mm-hmm. go, Danny goes. Danny goes. Goes over to the thing and writes, "Who is murdered or whatever? What's going on?" And Abra writes, "Baseball boy." Because she neither of them really know how to use their power. Like so as the steam leaves, um, we all see. Uh, wait a minute. Is this? I think I missed the spot. Mm-hmm. Right, baseball boy. Okay. Um, as the last as the last steam leaves the boy, we all see the true not smiling. Uh, Grandpa Flick's hair has gone from faded gray back to black. Rose puts the baseball ball boy's re- remains remaining steam in one of those canisters, and they keep it. That night, Rose tell, tells Crow Daddy that someone was there with them. They looked in on them while they were killing a little girl, who's the strongest has the strongest sh- shine she's ever felt. And I need to find her. And Crow Daddy's like, no, what are you talking about? Are you sure about this? And she's like, yes. Because he's she, like, how much did she see? She was watching yeah. us. Like, he's like, we got to be careful about this. <laughs> yes, but if you need to eat well and you haven't eaten well and she's got the best shine ever, yeah. you need to, you know. That, that's, that's what Rose is. And Rose, is, Rose becomes obsessed with finding who this kid is and where she's at. <laughs> Average parents are worried about her powers. Um, she's screaming at night. Um but Abra says she's fine. At school, uh, she uses a com- computer to find out who this lo- missing kid was from this database and finds out who the baseball, baseball boy was. She comes home and talks to her dad about it uh, a little bit, talks to her dad a little bit, and then goes upstairs. Once she's alone, yeah, she, she doesn't tell her dad No, about she doesn't it. tell her dad. <laughs> Once she's alone, she uses her power to find out where the baseball boy is buried. Then she tries to look in on the True Knot's mind, specifically Rose. Rose is at a grocery store just buying some groceries, but she can feel Abra's watching her. Uh, Rose goes to a uh, refrigerator, like a, one of those clear doors. Yeah, it seems like they have to be against glass. To look back at her um, and talks, tries to talk to her, but Abra throws her away and shatters the glass and uh, you know, throws her out of her mind psychically, um, launching her across the grocery store. Rose is both shocked and excited because she's never seen anything like that before, but that just means that her her shine gonna be her steam's gonna be that much better. It's gonna taste like Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Yeah, Danny also gets when this happens. Danny also they're good. You ever had one? No. Gets no. knocked off out of his bed again onto the floor, but he recovers and he just has a little bit of a nosebleed. Rose. No, th- <clears throat> when he was at an AA meeting. 
because they helped him up. Oh, yeah, were, like, he you collapses. just dropped to the floor. Yeah, that's right. He did collapse. <laughs> and you were calling for Tony. <laughs> yeah. Rose tells Crow Daddy about Abra. Crow Daddy says, look, maybe we can turn her then, and she can be one of us. And Rose is like, hell no. Uh, we don't want anyone with that much power in the true knot, which I took as she doesn't want anybody in the power Right, the she likes to, <clears> she the likes to run the show. Yeah. So the next day, Abra cuts school, jumps on a bus, and uses her power to go locate Danny. He's like, um, we can't hang out. I'm a grown-ass man, and you're a little girl. Uh, but <laughs> she says, in jail. if anyone asks, you can just say you're my uncle. And uh, in the books, they actually are related. It's a weird thing. Really? How are they related? Uh, well, Danny's or her, her mom is Danny's sister, some cousin. Yeah, there's something in there. Okay, definitely not. Sister. Uh, actually, I remember Jack had an illegitimate kid, which is Abra's mother's mother. sister or mother or something. There's some kind of weird relation that it's really weird. You're like whatever, I guess. <clears throat> um, okay. She says, "I'll just say you're my uncle." And uh, she says, we're both magic. He says, well, I always called it, I just called it The Shining. Abra says, well, how many of us are there? Danny says, well, there's a lot of people that shine a little bit. Like, they'll bring flowers home when, and knowing that their wife is upset without talking to her. Or they'll do a very well on a test they didn't study for. But he's only met two or three people in, the whole, in his whole life that knew they shined or were any kind of, had any kind of powers. Ever says, well, the baseball boy sure shined, and his name was Bradley Trevor. She tells him about the true knot and how they ate his shining and all that, and she says that um, they will come for her, but uh, can he go to the boy's grave, find the boy, and then tell his parents where the body is so they can have some closure? And if he gets the glove one of the true not wore it so then she can use that to track them and then he's like whoa no we're not doing any of this <laughs> this is all this terrible is, ideas is, i've been running my whole life from this show yeah. <laughs> she said he says no we're not doing any of this these people if they like you say are monsters go home don't use your powers anymore and hide for your whole life because they're going like, to come I kill you not use my powers yeah. <laughs> So if I take headphones out, I hear what everyone is thinking. And then he also <laughs> says, look, you don't know how the world works. There's a lot of things out there that will come for you. So stop doing that. Go home and stay safe. Like there's a whole hotel. You don't want to go there. <laughs> that night, Azrael goes to another room. Uh, Danny follows the cat again. Because um, he's like, that room is empty, dude. Yeah. But <laughs> when he gets in there, um, it's uh, Dick Holloman. Um and then, uh, but he doesn't see Dick at first. He just walks in the room and just starts, he sees someone, he's like, oh shit, and he starts to do the box on him. <laughs> and then he laughs, he goes, man, you almost stuffed me in a box. And then they say, well, he asks if the overlooked uh, ghosts or anything have come for him anymore. He's like, oh no, I caught all their asses and stuffed them in boxes. He says, not for eight years, which is exactly how long he's been sober. So you gotta wonder if he was harder to find <laughs> when, he, when was he was drunk. Yeah, yeah if they could only find. They, they say, yeah. When I got the impression that alcohol is one of the things that kind pollutes of you. pollutes your shine, based on how they were saying drugs pollute it, and mm-hmm. Netflix might pollute it, and cell yeah. phones pollute it. Definitely Netflix. And he <laughs> says that he basically caught all of the ghosts in the Overlook that came looking for him that were strong enough to come for him. And then he's like, "But I've always been curious, you know. Now that I have them locked in my head, what happens to them? Do they die in there?" And Dick goes, "Do you care?" <laughs> no. What happens when he dies? Right. I thought this was weird. 
Mm-hmm. Because Dick's like, do you care? And he's like, no, nah, I don't care, man. And I was like, I think he does care, though. I feel like I that, would care. I feel yeah. like it should have been a little bit more serious. Because he just really plays it off like... <laughs> or like, I got all these... Exactly, right? Or, I mean, all these guys are just sitting in my head. Are they what's polluting his shine? <laughs> just this, by the very nature of being in his head? So Danny asks what brings him from the other side. And uh, Dick says, look, um, Danny, you're not going to be able to ignore the true knot like you want to. They're super, super dangerous. They eat screams and they drink pain. And they're going you are to... really lucky they didn't find you when you yeah, were a kid. They're going, they're going to go for Abra and kill her. And he's like, well, why do I have to do this? And he goes, well, because you owe a debt. And you grew up instead of... You grew up into a regular person instead of something horrible. And you owe for that. You owe a debit. You join my crew, you're going to owe me... Was it 100 Nazi scalps? Yeah. 100 <laughs> Nazi scalps. You inherited a debit. We're in the Nazi killing business. That's and right. Buddy, business is a booming. <laughs> It's a great movie. Know what we should do for the podcast? <laughs> Ragnarok. We, no, we already did. We already did that. No, again. Yeah. Because you know what that, um, what's her name? Diane Kruger, Kruger? Yeah. She's a great actress. We should do some of her movies. Yeah. Well, I don't think podcast. we've done anything with her in it yet. <laughs> so basically we've Dick done is... done two of her movies, actually. Really? Well, see, that's just a weird number. <laughs> you want to have... Back. A, we need the Holy Trinity. So Dick gives Danny basically the kick in the pants he needs to get through Act 2. That night, Rose... The hat meditates on her trailer, again looking for Abra. She psychically flies around the city, searching for Abra's Ka. Once she finds her, slips into her subconscious, and starts to look into her memories. She starts to dig uh, into some apparently interesting ones when the filing cabinet that her memories are kind of like represented by. Yeah, because all of her memories are in file cabinets. Yeah. So, and they have little folders. And, and it slams shut on her hand, and Rose is trapped. She turns around scared, and Abra is sitting there laughing. With no fucking eyes. Yeah, and she set a trap for her. There's also, like, she's wearing a strange wig in this. Like, what is the point of that? It's, the, it's a digital image of your virtual self. It's kind of like the Matrix. <laughs> what is real? But they did, like, earlier in the movie when her mom was like, wake up, they kind of close up on a, like, a little figurine, like an action figure on her nightstand. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That had the same that. hair. Oh, yeah. So I think it was just like... That's what she wants to look like. Yeah. <laughs> so Rose is highly pissed that Abra is so powerful, apparently, and that she can't get away. Meanwhile, Abra starts digging through Rose's memories, and Rose finally, Rose finally says, fuck this, and tears her hand from the cabinet, r- ripping it all to shreds. Um, Abra throws her back into her body all the way on the other side of the U.S. Uh, the result is she crashes into her body and rolls off the Trailer. trailer and starts screaming holding her hand when a bunch of the true not <laughs> the true not are like what the fuck happened she's like holy yeah. shit <laughs> but there's another problem grandpa flick is dying so back at danny's abra telepathically calls him excited she's like i'm so excited i beat rose's ass screw her blah 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 and danny's like no this is bad and and he does she doesn't realize how bad it is like you just cross the stream she doesn't get the big picture now she's on the radar, and she'll because never she be safe. Because she is a kid. Mm-hmm. She may be more powerful than her. She may be more powerful than a couple of them, but she can't be more powerful than all of them. And in the end, they'll get her. I don't know how many of them it's going to take, but I know how many they're going to use. That's a useful <laughs> piece of information. And then Danny finally says, screw it, and finally stops, decides to stop suppressing his shine, and then just starts communicating with her back a little bit. Topsy's much more efficient than cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so we cut back to Grandpa Flick. He looks like he's uh, basically moving course at this point. And uh, Snakebite Andy is confused. I thought we were immortal. And Rose is pissed. She's like, no, I never said you were immortal. Did I say that? No, I said live long and eat well. So while Grandpa Flick's, Grandpa Flick apparently watched gladiators in Rome, even apparently he can age out. Rose comes clean. Look, steam is harder to find now. Uh, she comforts Grandpa Flick as he starts to die, and then he screams a little bit, implodes, and collapses onto himself, and leaving a bunch of steam that floats up in the air. And they didn't suck his steam, though. Yeah, yeah they, they did. did. They, they, they jump they did. on that shit. Yeah. They did. I must have... Blinked. I must have missed it. I must have had one of those long blinks. Caught the doctor sleep, if you will. <laughs> the go to sleep. <laughs> Danny goes to his friend Billy and somehow, which I underlined three three times, convinces him to go on a road trip to find a murdered child's grave. Uh, and they. Do. I wonder if Billy has a touch of the shine. He's a touch of the naivete because well, I'm not going with you to find it. Well, a, I'm, no, I'm not driving to been, Iowa. They've been best friends I know, now I for know, eight years. I know. It's but, just, and he's like, you know you can read people and you know me really well. Yeah. And maybe he did something telepathically right, right, right. to prove it's to just him. A, it's just I need a little more. Yeah. Tony, if you came to the house and like, hey, we're going to go to Iowa and dig up a dead kid. Like, a dead car. child. Are we taking your car or mine? <laughs> <laughs> it's because we're pals. <laughs> he so, landed our boat like cool. No. <laughs> I'm not. I will never have a reason to dig up a dead child. Look, you don't ask. Look, if your psychic niece or nephew, <laughs> Uncle Dan, uh, tells you that you got to go get dig up a corpse, I mean, please, I mean, I believe you. <laughs> I 100 percent believe this this story. I'm not even gonna lie. I will pals. believe you. <laughs> But I don't want to go to Iowa. <laughs> See, That's the scary part for Elaine. She's like, no, dead, dead babies. I watching Iowa, now. though? So whoever dies first. It's a long tummy. road trip, and I'm getting the older. The next day, there's going to be pals scratched <laughs> in the headstone. Don't worry about it. It's not graffiti. So on the road trip, Abra... Why do you think you're getting a headstone? Ouch. You will be cremated and buried in the yard. Somebody's going to scratch Shh. pals on a tree? Yeah. Okay. So Abra appears in the back seat, still gloating about her small victory over Rose the Hat. Danny asks, uh, "What's it like? How did you, how did you go into her?" She says, "It isn't." <laughs> I did it like this, and she goes yeah, into it. And he's like, "I'm trying to drive," <laughs> and then she's like, "What are those boxes?" And he's like, "Stay out of my head." Yeah, she goes, "What is this great?" Don't box? open the box. <laughs> and uh, we get a close-up of Jack's typewriter. Abra apologizes. Abra asks about the boxes. Danny explains how the Overlook is like a. Uh, Member of the True Knot, basically, it's, just, it's sec, except that it's a place that hungers. So back at Vampire Camp, uh, Crow Daddy asks Rose to stay back and let them go catch Abra because she's been tagged by the kids, so she may see her coming, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Rose is highly pissed about this because she, she wants to go, but in the end she knows that but yeah, he's it's right. it's true. You've interacted with her enough <clears throat> that she can track you. Yeah. They don't know that she can track... Chunk. Yeah. <laughs> Danny. <laughs> I love you, Chunk. Baby. Love, love Chunk. Um, so Dan and Billy find the industrial site and leads them and leads them to the baseball boy's grave. Billy, Billy says, and by grave you mean shallow hole yeah. with some dirt dump throw mm -hmm. over the top of him. Billy says he's scared because either his friend is crazy or monsters are real. He's like, I hope you're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and this is a real dilemma. Do you wish your friend is crazy or do you wish monsters are real? Monsters are real. We know that because you want to be a vampire. <laughs> or I don't want my friends. Not to be a crazy. demon. 
Not a steam. But a vampire. <laughs> a steam pyre. They dig and they find the boy's body, and more importantly... This is upsetting. And it's really... This is a well-done scene, too. Mm-hmm. The way that they freak out when they actually find the body and yeah, Billy, get sick, and it's just horrific. I'd like to think that that's how any normal person would act. Like, oh, Jesus! Well, Billy explains that he used to be a deer hunter and he used to hunt all the time and it was no big deal to him but then one time he shot a deer and it and fucked up the shot and the deer bled to death but he had to track it for days he couldn't find it and then when he did find it it had been dead for a couple of days and it stunk and he said that the stink was so bad he said he'd never do it again so he knows this smell meanwhile danny's over on his side puking his brains out <laughs> he's giving this big long Dissertation about death and Danny's yeah, all over the ground. What? <laughs> so Danny and Billy go to Abra's house. Needless to say, her father's not happy about Abra and Uncle Danny's friendship and tries to punch him in the face. And he's like, I thought you showed him. And she's like, I told him. He's like, that's not that's enough. That's not going to fly. <laughs> Would you tell him? Show him. But Abra actually stops him with her powers and gives her flashes of the true knot. Gives him flashes of the true knot. And I assume explains this mentally. But either way, he falls on his ground holding Well, you see this little flash of the Assume baseball boy's death. So, yeah. like, look, dude, I don't want to see that, and if you just mentally made me watch that movie, I would be upset. And then we see him in the kitchen trying to pour himself a drink, his yeah. hands all shaking. Dan- and he offers the other two, and they're like, no, we're good. <laughs> Dan- I'll have another thing. Dan wants to call the police or the FBI. Danny says that they probably can't help. These people are very old and very powerful. And Dan- wealthy, which they don't look like they're that wealthy living in yeah. a commune, but we don't know. But when we see inside Rose's trailer, it's, it's very nice. It's a very nice. It looks like one of those like Hogwarts tents. Like you know, go inside. <laughs> like you're like, how is it this big? <laughs> I don't know. I think that they are a member of Tiny House Nation. <laughs> Danny gives Abra the glove, and with it, she can now track them. The True Knot are close. They're on their way. Uh, but don't worry, Danny has a plan. Danny, Billy, and Abra head to a wooded area. Billy uses, like I said, Billy used to hunt, so he has his rifles, and he knows how to kind of set up an ambush site. The true knot roll up, Abra sitting on a picnic table. Snakebike Andy approaches to approaches her, uh, but has her hands behind her back, talks to her a little bit, tell, and then commands her to be calm. Then when she's close, she jams the syringe into her neck. Andy looks back at her at the true knot and laughs, like, I thought this was going to be difficult. But then when she turns around, she realizes she stabbed a stuffed bunny in the neck, and it's not Abra. The True Knight, the True Knot are all now ambushed by Danny and Billy. Uh, because they open have, fire and murder them. Because they have the high ground. Yeah. And uh, they just start shooting all of the and True And he actually knot. says, and he recycled the line, he says, Give it up, Anakin, I have the high ground! <laughs> it's like, I've said this before. <laughs> no, you didn't say that? Mm. I must be asleep. And since they've been talking about how they're not eating well, and we saw them all descend upon the grandpa dude, I thought when the first one died, they might but they jump on him too. They are running no, from that fire. <laughs> well, they're getting shot at. Yeah, they're getting shot and killed. Um, miles away, wherever she's at, Rose screams as each one dies. I guess she, I assume she can feel them or whatever. She's watching. Looks like and she's watching. They're it's. It seems that her and Abra have similar powers. Because, like, when she enters Abra's brain, she says, we're similar, we think the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And right now you have a bunch of filing cabinets, but my mind is like a library in a cathedral, and you will have, like, if you live long enough, you've had that too. So 
it looks like they never really say what her powers are and they never really kind of say what any of their po- like some of them like they talk about snake bite andy is a pusher and crow daddy can track her yeah. yeah and so they kind of you they know two powers but they don't define and there's them. something about danny and his ability to trap ghosts and see the dead and speak something about that yeah uh-huh. but they never really talk about it but it seems like she can watch the see, same way I that Abercrombie shining. Would, mine would be like a desk with a bunch of papers just written all over it, just all over the place. Like <laughs> Post-it, post-it notes, notes. <laughs> everywhere. Like when Jim Carrey is uh, is in Bruce Almighty and he asks for prayers and post-it <laughs> notes. No, I'm way cooler than Jim Carrey. He's a mm-hmm. dork. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Abra tells Andy um, that you all deserve this. You're monsters, and uh, we see that Abra's actually still home. Now, my only problem with that was. Danny let her out of the car. And I thought that was dumb. I guess it's supposed to trick you, but I was like, that's a little cheap. Well, I was like, is she really there or is she not there? Yes. Where's her dad? Well, maybe they her did dad? it because they knew they were being followed and maybe they thought Rose is watching and we can't let her okay, okay. think that this isn't real. Okay, I'll give you that. I just, I was like, he lets her out of the car. I know they could have just cut away from it though and they all walk up, but it's, I see what you're saying. Okay. But really, if she was a bunny the whole time, not only did he had to reach in the car and pick up a bunny. <laughs> so he had to open the door to get the bunny because the bunny's been sitting in the back seat. And then the he whole had time. to hold it by the neck and do that little walk you do with for little kids. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Andy runs and hides in the RV. She's shot, but like in the shoulder. Um, Danny and Billy close on it, close on her to kill her. But uh, Danny sees her first and aims on her, goes to fire, out, doesn't have any ammo. So he's like, fuck. So he starts to reload. Uh, she commands him to stop, but he, he fights it. But then she keeps commanding him to go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Uh, and then he like, starts. Like Iron Man does when he's fighting. Kind of <laughs> exactly. Go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. And then finally she does force Danny to go to sleep. Uh, but if, eventually he, you know, he fights back a little bit. But uh, And Abra's in his mind going, wake up, wake yeah. up. Um, she gets his rifle that now has bullets in it, aims it at him, is ready to fire, and we hear the gun. We hear gunfire, and it's Billy. Billy is anybody else not worried at all? Because no. this is the star of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's a Steve. But Stephen I King? was worried I because this is a Stephen King movie, nope. or based on a Stephen King book. Right. Right. So yeah. there is, in all possible, that doesn't necessarily have to have a happy ending. Yep. So he could have died at any time. Yeah, we had like another hour and a half left in this movie. I'm sure you and McGregor wouldn't I didn't know like how long we had left in the movie, but it seemed to me at some point that they did Abra forget about was going to become like possibly the main character. So he could die and the rest could be about and her. The third, the third movie will be all about Abra. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't concerned at this point because I was like, where's Billy? They forgot about Billy. Mm-hmm. Billy is still here. She didn't command Billy to do shit. He's still hiding on the she side gonna, of the RV. He was going to do like Trinity in the Matrix. Like, dodge this, bitch. Bow! <laughs> and he kind of does. She's, Andy's about to shoot uh, Danny. Um, but Billy shoots her. But should have gone for the head. Yeah. Because she that. falls on the Maybe. ground bleeding. And she, yeah. and she tells Billy to kill himself. And kill it. And Billy doesn't even hesitate. He just puts the gun under his chin, pulls the trigger, boom, he's dead. While Danny, Danny screams. No. And Andy laughs. Uh, while she collapses in the dust. I wasn't sure she was going to turn completely into steam because she's not not as old as them. And you can kind of see when they're dying, they flash between, not not necessarily non-corporeal, but like you can see their skeletons kind of. Mm -hmm. 
as if they're the older they are yeah yeah so it was it was kind of strange like like I thought maybe she was gonna be like a husk yeah. like grandpa lurch like you could really see yeah. him changing yeah he was like a person and then he was kind of like a, a husk like kind of thing and then he was old. kind of like a, a skeleton like he flashed between kind of like showing his age and she was kind of young so I thought maybe she'd be like a husk or maybe she'd be like mushy mushy but she okay, did well, collapse in esteem which I thought well, was interesting that's interesting yeah. I don't I mean, know I just I thought did, it was interesting so I'm gonna talk about die. it because that's <laughs> what we do we talk about things we find <laughs> <laughs> so either way um, we find out that Abra's not there but Abra screams where is Crow Daddy and that's when we see Crow Daddy appear behind her and hits her in the neck he, he saw through this little trick yeah. that they were doing well he had talked to Rose, and she's like, "What if she's tr- what if she plays a trick?" Well, she and he's tr- like, played a trick on me. She's gonna do it again. Yeah. And he's like, "Don't worry, I got I got this. my own tricks." So then we see Crow Daddy leave with Abra in his arms, walking out. She's unconscious, and as we pull away, we see her dad dead on the floor. He got stabbed, knife in his throat, knife in his uh, chest. Later in the van, we find out. Uh, that the stuff that he dosed her with kind of nulls her shine abilities, so she really can't do a whole lot. Uh, Crow explains that all of his people were killed, and almost all of hers, and what for what. This all ends the same, we're taking you to Rose. Um, Danny's lost, he doesn't know what to do, his, his, his friend's dead. Um, he goes back to see Abra, Abra's dad's dead, and he figures he has to start trying to use his power more and more, no more safe stuff. So he turns, he basically does this thing where he says it has like a radio, so he opens his mind to everyone around him and then just kind of slowly clicks people off until he can only hear Abra. Uh, she's too weak to do anything, so he says, okay, well, let me try this, and he possesses her body. And then Abra sits up, and you can tell her eyes change color. You can tell her mannerisms. She's Danny now. And, uh, she does, like, ghosts when he's Whoopi Goldberg. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been thinking about rewatching that recently. Um, Damn it, what you do your hair? It's a great movie. Um, so Abra talks Hello. to Crow, but Crow realizes that it's not Abra. Uh, Danny rubs it but in Crow's... they're Crow's. not keeping that a secret. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm the guy that killed all your friends. Yeah, he rubs it in Crow's face real bad. Um, but then he notices Crow doesn't have a seatbelt. He's immortal, so what does he care? So then he makes him turn the steering wheel into a tree, uh, launching Crow out the front window and killing him. Now Rose is, That's an e-trick. I've never seen that before. And now Rose is fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. So Abra walks the road away from the van by herself, and uh, Rose Bastrel projects in front of her in the middle of the, hi- the highway, just sitting there, and calls her a little bitch. And uh, Abra's bitch child. Bitch child. And Abra scoffs and walks right through her. That, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was like... I mean, I might have taken a step to the side. I don't know what that's going to do. She ice grilled her and walked right through her. Then she goes, oh, Aunt Man's like, someone just went in me. (laughs) Rose is in her trailer. She's trailer. She says, all right, all right, cool. And then she goes and grabs the last two containers and drinks in all the steam and says, let's let's do this. And you see her hand, which was fucked up, heal itself. So she's making herself as powerful as she can. And now, ladies and gents, we're act three. And only an hour left. (laughs) So Danny picks up Abra, and uh, they're out. Uh, But where can they go? Nowhere's safe. They can track them anywhere. They killed all their friends, and they don't have anywhere they they can hide out. Danny goes, well, she's going to keep coming, that's for sure, and we're not positive we can beat her, 
but I know one place we can go. And that's when you hear the music starts to kick in. Uh, they make that long drive up the mountains to the overlook. And then the, the, you know, the shining theme starts to play. Um, and then I... <laughs> And we're and from wrote, New York to Colorado. Yeah, that's a long drive. I wrote, <laughs> there's also still 30 minutes left in this movie, so Elaine and Carly are pissed at me somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, there's still like 45 minutes of this movie left. And John goes, what? And he paused it, and we looked. 36 minutes. 36 minutes, excuse me. But that did include credits. Right. So, <laughs> but I was like, man, this is a long This movie. is a marathon. It was. It was a long... I was, at this point, I wasn't... At this point, I was into it enough that I didn't care how much time was left, and I didn't... I'm going to save those thoughts till the end. But, also, I was watching it, I don't do this very often, but I was watching it on the PlayStation, and I had the controller plugged in, and it was across the room. I wasn't checking. (laughs) (laughs) But I had happened to look at what time it was, and there wasn't quite as much left as I had thought, but I was like, wow. I did check after hour one. I did get up because I had to pee, and I checked, and I was like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I thought I was further into this than this. So Danny tells Abra, once they get to the Overlook, Danny tells Abra to stay outside um, until um, he tells her to come in. Until, until he sees Rose. Until Rose comes in. She's like, you're going to leave me in the car? And he's like, it's dangerous in here. And she's like, what are you going to do? He's like, i got to wake it up. Exactly. Which was creepy. He's like, what do you mean wake it up? Yeah, the hotel. <laughs> so Danny goes inside. Obviously, the overlook is trashed, but you can still tell what everything is. Um, the, as he walks in, the lights start to come on around him. He turns on the power and goes to the furnace and sets the furnace on. Um, in the first Shining, this is a small thing. In the first Shining, the reason they need Jack Nicholson and his family is because they have to keep the furnace and all the plumbing and shit going. Otherwise, it'll freeze and ruin the place. Problem is, the furnace is old as dog shit, and you have to let the steam off and and run it a certain way because it'll blow if you don't. And that's a part of contention in the first movie. Obviously, it's going to be a part of contention in this one. It's called a clue. Well, that makes sense why in the book that it burns down. Right. But Tony, when they're, mm. when he's turning on and it starts to go, Tony's sitting next to me now because he came downstairs. He's like, "Ooh, I I'm gonna the, sit and yeah, watch the rest." of I it. heard the end of it. I was like, "I'll sit to the end." Of and it. he goes, "And this stuff all still works because it's yeah, been it's forty years, his whole life." I'm sure, all this boiler and stuff. Well, work. the ghosts, the ghosts, they keep, keep a good it. job. They do a little bit of maintenance, <laughs> not enough to. And these aren't even the good ghosts because the good ghosts left and went after Danny. Yeah, and they're locked in little boxes in his house. house. So he continuously walks the halls, and the lights keep coming on, leading him to the door. His, you know, father, father, father famously hacked open. He sees the red lipstick smeared. Said, Here's Johnny. Red rum. And John goes, "Do you get that?" And I said, "Yes, I get that." <laughs> I've seen every poster of Although, that shining. I did jump when they show the flashback of him breaking through the door and his mom right there. I did jump. Not even gonna lie. <laughs> And when they did it, I was like, wow, that was a really good recreation because she looks yeah. just like Shelley Duvall, but it clearly wasn't her. Right. Yeah. They should have used the recycled footage. Her presence is large. <laughs> but I guess they would have had to pay her then. Probably. He needs me. He needs me. Um, <laughs> uh, so when he, he looks through the hole, you know, you get your little moment where it's, oh. Where it's you and McGregor the exact way yeah. that Jack Nicholson did it. I really wanted him to say something, <laughs> but he didn't. Um, well, he wasn't there, so for that, I mean, maybe psychically he picked it. That up. would have been, you know, fan service. Yeah. That would have been 100% fan service. Yeah. More so. <laughs> Which there's Other enough. Other than the rest of yeah. it. There's enough fan service, I think, that makes yeah. it interesting without going over the top into 
Oh, they did a little over the top, too. I don't know, but they don't go into, like, cheesy fan service because this is an atmospheric movie. And they don't, they give enough fan service, I think, without having seen the first one. But <laughs> no to preference. keep it atmospheric right. without going in, without breaking it and making it silly or over the top. He makes his way to the bar, the green room bar. And uh, this time, however, it's not Lloyd. It's not the Lloyd from the first movie pouring drinks. It's Jack Torrance pouring drinks. Jack Torrance yeah. with the quotes. This guy didn't do a bad job either. No, he did a, 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 an adequate job. You know who this guy is? This, he is the little kid from E.T. No. Elliot, which I didn't Elliot. see. I'm like, Elliot. that's not Elliot. But they showed him. I watched a little bit of the behind the scenes thing. They mm-hmm. show him without the Jack Nicholson hair and mm-hmm. just standing there. And I was like, that is fucking Elliot, man. <laughs> well, I would not recognize my, him because I idea. don't like E.T. I'm not a fan Because either, I but. find E.T. to be a creepy turd monster. Creepy yeah. turd monster. <gasps> That's right. Anyway, but with the DAG technology that they have, I today, said it. Why could they not have the one scene have Jack Nicholson come in, DH him? It would have been well, he awesome. Won't, he won't do anything anymore. He's done. They said really? That, yeah. Money talks and bullshit walks. Well, they didn't make any a lot of money off this movie, anyway. So uh, that's true. It would have been a but. Just having him come in for that one scene, yeah. And I think they talk about that. Would have been a whole lot of money. They, I think they talk about that. They were like, we wouldn't have mind gotten Shelley and Jack back, but Shelley doesn't act anymore, and Jack doesn't act anymore, and it would have been a whole thing and tough to get them and stuff. So, and it would have cost them a whole shitload yeah. of money, but add another twenty million dollars yeah. onto it. And these guys, like you said, these guys do really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not Jack, but he, he for somebody that's not Jack, it's pretty good. He does a good Jack impression. So, anyway, they tor- it's Jack Torrance as the bartender. Um, Danny's trying to talk to him because he knows it's his father, obviously, and he's trying to talk to him, but he's he's basically like, no, I'm the hotel. I'm, he's I'm like, me and mom had to move to Florida, and he's yeah. like, yeah, uh, I'll pour whatever you want. You have any mistakes? It's like, look, fuckface, that was your wife. Yeah, <laughs> and he pours a shot of whiskey for Danny. Jack Daniels. And uh, he's basically, it's the hotel's the, using him as an avatar, and he's just trying to talk to him about, you know, he, basically the avatar's like, look, you know, he does, does this to Jack and the other one. He's like, look, I know you're upset. Drink some of this. And it's just kind of like we, so we can get you type of thing. And he's like, I don't drink anymore and fuck all that. And he's like, look, I'm going to talk to you because I know you're my father. And he tries to talk to him like it's his dad. And he, and he says, uh, he say, man, he has a good line. It's like, man takes a drink. Drink, drink takes, takes a, a drink. Drink, drink takes, takes a man. man. And uh, Jack says, well, it's medicine, you know, and uh, like, like he took before. The world is a chalkboard, and this is the eraser. Yeah, yeah. the mind is a blackboard, and this is the eraser. He says, the wife and kids, they all eat up your time, um, and it makes you sick. This is your medicine. He says, so are you going to take your medicine, little pup? And then Danny starts crying, and Jack smashes the... uh, the shock. Well, it's not shock glass, but the whiskey glass. Because he says, no, I'm not going to take it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This actor was also in Fire in the Sky. Oh, shit. Elliot? Yes. Hopefully not coming up on the podcast. <laughs> That's a scary idea. Elaine will ne- probably never have the balls to pick it, so you would have to pick I know. it. That movie. And that movie is terrifying. That movie's, that movie's scary. We're going to need to bring in DJ on that one. John would John have to be prepared for me to have some nightmares. Oh, I no, I don't know. Probably not prepared for me to have I nightmares. I've never heard of it. <laughs> That's okay. I had some nightmares last it's night, It's a movie actually. about uh, alien abduction. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's creepy. I had some nightmares last night. Did you? Yeah, it was real weird. Maybe that's why I kept waking all up. All I know is that I, the, all I can remember, I remember I kept waking now up. Now's a good time. But all I can remember is people were being stabbed. Jesus. <laughs> like, I had some that's scary I nightmares. I don't know. That's why I got out of bed at 3 o'clock in the morning. Maybe like, I need to stop this. eating some knives. <laughs> <laughs> I some knives. 
So Danny cries, Jack smashes the glass, and Abra runs inside yelling that Dan, she's here, she's here, and Jack disappears. She calls him Uncle Dan. She keeps calling him Uncle Dan. Uncle Danny. She decided that that dude is Uncle Dan. Yeah, I mean, she's leaning right into it. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, it's it's, if they come across people, it's a lot easier if she's already used to calling him Uncle Dan. (laughs) So Abra comes in the door, and she stops, and Danny's like, what? And she's like, there's death everywhere in here. I can sense it. It's like, this place is sick. And he's like, oh, I know. It's like Like, cancer. Like my grandma and her cancer. And then he looks up at the wall and sees an axe. So he's like, okay. Not a axe, the axe. The axe. So Which Rose, the ghosts helpfully put back in the box? Well, they're, I don't know, they're good groundskeepers, you know, like you said. Somebody cleaned the axe and put it back. <laughs> Shined um, it up real nice. So Rose walks in, and she stops and starts, like, moving her hands around like she's sensing something. She takes a little walk down the hallway, and she sees the elevator, the elevator with the blood. blood. I which was, I didn't think they needed to do, but... I was slightly disappointed it didn't, yeah. like... Get come to right her? to her feet yeah I thought about like it like laughing at her toes or something cool. she did seem to like it like she was smiling yeah. like that is like she is you're very, so cute she's very interested well, she's in she's an evil demon and this place is full of evil demons so finally she stops at Jack's writing room uh, Danny's on the far other side of the room with Abra behind him and he's standing defending Abra with an axe in a mock reflection of Wendy and uh, Jack from the other movie The Shining Shining Rose, the other movie. <laughs> Rose seems to like Danny a lot, but doesn't quite understand what he has to do with any of this. And Abra and Danny <clears throat> fight Rose mentally, place her inside of a hedge maze, hedge maze in the snow. Now, would have made this the coolest thing ever? Just have a little person on the side, frozen dead. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been really be cool. easy to do. Would have been everybody would have been like, yeah. So Rose is like, oh, wow, you've changed your inside of your mind, Abra. You know, that used to be this little cute little place. Now it's this big snowy maze. That's pretty interesting. You are powerful. Um, And then Rose comments on how uh, dark this place is inside Abra's mind. mind. Yeah. Maybe we're in your mind. (laughs) And then Abra starts doing this, uh, like, flyby attack where she has a knife and she slashes her, like, knee and keeps cutting back and forth while they're talking. Um, but finally, Rose wises up to it and snatches her out of the air and starts to hold her in the air and choke her and uh, has a little bit of a back and forth with her. She doesn't realize that while she's choking Rose, or while she's choking Abra, one of Danny's boxes is sneaking up behind It's her. really cool. It's kind of ridiculous, but also really cool. You can kind of see it. like Coming. It's yeah. about to chomp her. <laughs> But then she realizes <clears throat> that she's not in Abra's mind. Yeah. She's like, enough! <laughs> yeah, she's in Danny's mind. And then she punches the ground kind of and just shatters everything and they're all free from all of this. Um, she uh, she says that Danny's drinking and drugs or whatever had polluted his shine, hid, hiding them from her. They should have found him a long time ago. But, you know, she keeps calling him handsome, so I guess she's down... But, uh, and now she's the only one left, so maybe well, they kill Abra and he, he says, gets turned. He says something about her being the last one, and she says, far I'm not the last one, one, I'm just the prettiest. She's far from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, he says, well... So if this movie does well, sequels. <laughs> well, I'm sure King will make some more sequels somewhere down the road. If he you know, does anymore. But um, Danny says, well... Or she says, well, you know, I don't do this very often, but you can join me, you know eat well, live long type of thing. And he's like, no, fuck that. Um, so she moves in closer, uh, and he threatens her with the axe. He swings, and it's a weird... I don't like this. 
he swings an axe down on her, and she kind of deflects it, but it still hits her in the shoulder. So it's a weird hit. But then she's able to wrestle the the axe away from him. Yeah. And she did get hit in the shoulder. Maybe it's not a major hit. Yeah. But your shoulder. It's an but axe. Your, but your arm isn't working. <laughs> right. Your arm is not but working. She stabs him in the leg. Yeah. She flips the axe away from him and swings it up like it's going to hit him in the balls. But it hits him in the side and the groin and apparently cuts his femoral artery. So he's on borrowed time now. But I thought the only reason she could do that is because she dosed herself on something. Ah, uh, maybe. Stupid. Maybe. Yeah, she's okay. super powerful. Like what you but, see in vampire yeah, yeah. movies. But, I yeah, mean, we don't know what kind of we don't powers know. Or like the steam of, uh, gives her. Of uh, Logan, where it takes all that green shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. We, yeah, we don't know. So um, We don't know how the steam works. So she nicks the femoral artery. So he's, again, he's on borrowed time. He's going down. Um, excuse me. She jumps on him and starts to choke him. Suck the steam out of him. Sticks her fingers in his wound to purify the steam, um, and starts to he starts to leak steam, and she starts drinking it all and in. She says stuff like, "Even, even unpure, your steam is so good. Like, how did we miss you? How didn't we find you? You taste like whiskey." Mm-hmm. She gets she starts acting a little like orgasmic about the steam. It's like I smell sex and candy here. Fear, fear makes it taste better. Blah blah blah. But then she starts to see flashes of what happened at the Overlook between him and his family and all that. And she's like, "What the fuck is that?" And then she keeps eating it because she's like, "I can't believe how good this tastes." So much terror your whole life. Mm-hmm. But then she senses there's something else inside Danny Torrance, something dark. She's like, "You're not alone." Rose is like, "What is that? I have to know." What's in these boxes? Is there a she- is there a secret in these boxes that you won't tell me? And they start to shake. Is it something special? And he goes, No, it's not special. But they're starving. And he opens all the boxes, and all of the overlook overlook ghosts that he had jump on Rose and start to tear her apart. Now, all of these actors are really spot on. Yeah, they're really good. Because mm-hmm. she's so full of shine. <clears throat> so she screams and collapses, and they breathe all of her shit away. Then they all look over at Danny. And they're like, oh, fuck. And they all jump on Danny. Um, But they don't uh, kill Danny. They possess him. Danny uh, goes to Abra, and now it's it's a mirror thing again where he, Danny, is chasing Abra down with the axe the way that Jack chased him down with the axe in the other movie, The Shining. So so she runs and hides in a room. What room, John? I don't know. Yeah, it could have been any room. random number. Yeah, no. Two thirty-six, maybe. No, no, no one down, down. Oh, oh it's right up the hall from there. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it was. Hey, of all the rooms, so you could for you to run in. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing that they picked two thirty-six. So next week, goes. She went in the bad room. The bad room. They're so all bad rooms. I know. I know. <laughs> so she goes in there and uh, she goes in there to hide. And Danny's walking around. She can see the light moving under the thing and hear him yelling. But then she looks and the bathroom opens and the old ladies in the bathtub starts to come out for him. But uh, she basically says, come get it, bitch. You know, and then, but then Danny kicks the door open and he's there. Abra stands fast and the overlook, overlook Danny doesn't understand why she isn't scared. And Abra says, because you don't know this place. And Overlook yeah, no, says, stand. child, I know the walls better than anyone. Uh, what are you talking about? Abra says... Not everyone, you don't know it as well as Danny. Danny made one stop before he came up here to the boiler room. And then the Overlook thinks about it, and you can tell it's scared. Yeah. She's like, you know this hotel, but you don't know that body you're possessing. Yeah. 
So the Overlook is pissed and brings the axe down on Abra, but at the last second it stops, and Danny takes control and doesn't obviously kill Abra. Abra helps him fight it. Danny tells Abra she has to run. He can't fight it for very long. It's very powerful. You need to roll. And uh, <laughs> the Overlook uh, takes control of Danny again and runs to the boiler. Danny and the Overlook fight back and forth for control, trying to get his hand to go onto the little thing, the spigot, and let, to relieve let the, the pressure. pressure go. But in the end, it doesn't, and Danny just kneels in front of it, and uh, the entire room catches fire. Danny's mom appears, and he smiles as the whole place goes up. In the distance, sirens approach. Um, somebody called the cops. And, uh, oh, maybe one of the names was like, hey, that abandoned hotel's on fire. Well, she said when they were in the car, when we get there, you'll tell my mom where to find us, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, before she threw the cell phone out the window. Because her mom was out of town when her dad got killed and she got captured, so. Right. And the whole hotel. And the mom was going to come up. home and find a dead body in her kitchen and her kid missing. Yeah, yeah. like you do. So when they they had so decided Jack, they were going to call the no, mom, this is two thirty four. Oh. So she could come and find her. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe the mom called. <laughs> so the whole hotel goes up in flames and burns to the ground. Um, and then we switch to Abra. It's her narration. She's in her she's in her bedroom, and mm-hmm. uh, she's talking to Danny. And she asks if if he thinks there will be any more like Rose. Danny says the world's a dark and hungry place. But I was wrong when I told you you should hide. You need to shine on Abra. Sorry, my voice is going out. Shine on. He's really emotional about this. Yeah, it's a a beautiful moment. Such a a big Danny Torrance fan. Um, (laughs) Danny disappears, and Abra's mom comes in and says, Who are you talking to? And she's like, Nobody. But then when they go into the hall, she tells her mother that she lied. She is talking to someone. It's Dan. And that that she's talked to Dad also. And that... She's like, We don't... We don't. We yeah, live on. We go on. And so. I have talked to them, and they're good. Yeah. Like, her mom, gives her mom a little bit of closure, yeah, I guess. Yeah, she's like, okay, cool. <laughs> then her mom leaves, and she starts to go downstairs, but then her bathroom door opens up, and the old lady's in there. <clears throat> and I was like, fine. And she walks in there and handles her. <laughs> like, okay. And we and assume locks her in a new box. Yeah. yeah. And that is that. No post-credit flash on scene. Short movie. Yeah, short movie. Uh, but the only thing I will say real quick is... Yeah, really. The ending of this movie is what happened in the book. Yeah, the you building. That well, the building burned down. Jack goes to kill Danny. Jack takes over and stops and lets Danny live. You know, and there's like a whole thing with that. So that's why Stephen King was upset because Jack was already crazy when the movie started, and he doesn't get his redemption at the end. And in the book, that's what was different. In the that's book, why. he doesn't kill his son. Yeah. And the you know the movie doesn't get a chance to. It's kind of different. <laughs> But that's that. So, what'd you think? Uh, what's your opinion, Zilling? Ho! Ooh. Get to. I need to go first. Mm. First crack. Well, my favorite character is, and I know that this is gonna be shocking, is Crow Daddy. I was gonna say <laughs> Crow Daddy. I really liked that character. He did seem like. I mean, he was obviously a steaman. An evil steam demon. But at the same time, he seemed like kind of a cool dude. I don't know. I really just liked that character. My least favorite character is Snakebite Andy. She just... So, like, her character seemed... When they found her, Mm -hmm. when the knot finds her, she obviously seems like she's just going around doing a little retribution to pedophiles, which I'm not against. (laughs) I'm good with that. Yeah, you can call on pedophiles' faces. Which seems like maybe not the... Maybe not a good path, 
But at the same time, not an evil path, evil. Which evil. reminds me of a thing I saw. But they all lives her, matter except pedophiles. They, Fuck those guys. <laughs> the knot picks her up and then automatically she's like evil. She's okay with murdering children. Although you would think someone who disfigures pedophiles is not okay with murdering <laughs> children. And maybe had something horrific happen to her because she was a pretty child. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> I feel like that character turn was... Not okay. A little unexpected. I didn't like it. So, yeah, snake biting is more My favorite scene is when... No, it's not. You can have the same favorite scene as me. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite scene is when uh, Danny goes into the Overlook to wake it up and has a conversation with his dad as the bartender, which also has my favorite line, which um, he keeps calling him dad, and he's like, no, I'm just Lloyd the bartender. And he and then Danny says, "Oh yeah, just Lloyd the bartender pouring joy at the Overlook Hotel." I just I really liked that line. And my favorite tertiary object is Billy's mini town. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah, for those who don't know, there's a town, and in the middle of it is a little park, and the kids and Billy are building a mini like model of the park that of the town that looks exactly like it. We didn't really talk about it. Now and there's a train that drives around it. It's kind of cool. This movie was long, but it didn't actually feel long. I'm going to say, I like, I don't think it felt long. Mm-hmm. And. It's I, definitely not a nay. I guess I'm going to give it a yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of like, I don't necessarily know if I want to watch it again, but I am interested in watching The Shining, and I didn't oh. dislike it. There were parts that were uncomfortable, but it wasn't scary, so I, I think I liked it. Elaine's giving it a. A right. very soft yay. A very soft, very yay. soft yay. That's it's like a yay. <laughs> yay. I'm giving it a yay. Wow. John. Hey. Um, my favorite character is going to be Danny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked him. He, well, he was the main character, so. My least favorite character is also Snake by Danny. Mm-hmm. Because, again, she had no character development. She was like, oh, you're a bad person. All right, let's eat some fuckers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite scene is the same one as Elaine's. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll go with that. My favorite tertiary object is the axe. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sentimental reasons. I don't even know if it's tertiary. It might be a, it might be a plot point. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the axe didn't really do much. No. You didn't really get to do much with it. No, but... Um, Thank and, goodness. <laughs> yeah. And my favorite line is, um, your mind is a chalkboard and this here is the eraser. Yeah. And I'll yay it. I liked it. Um, there was enough nostalgia in it to where it really didn't matter if the story was good or not. It's like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's yeah. cool. But on a second watching, I may not like it as much because then I'll be like more into the story instead of looking for The Shining in the movie. But yeah. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Kyle? All right. My favorite character is Abra because she was kind of a badass. <laughs> she was definitely... The, she was like, I'm going to track him. I'm going to find him. <laughs> she was definitely the toughest character of all of them. <laughs> Uh, my least favorite character, also Snakebite Andy, but I the thing that irritated me the most about her was um, that she, every time something happens, she's like, what is this? What is this? Like, how have you not learned anything in eight years of being in this group? <laughs> and why didn't you gather enough information before you agreed to be, you know, like it just, she bothered me as a character. Mm-hmm. Every time she was on the screen, I was annoyed by her. Yeah. Um, and she made Billy kill himself, and I really liked Billy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I liked Billy as well. Uh, my favorite scene 
is any time somebody was in someone else's head. I thought those were cool scenes mm-hmm. with all the file cabinets and the library and the mm-hmm. maze, and I thought those were cool. Uh, my favorite line was from the bartender scene. And he says, I, I apologize, Mr. Torrance. I don't know where everyone is, but it will pick up. And he says, oh, I know where they are. And you're right. It will pick up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was good. And my favorite tertiary object was the cat. <laughs> As real? Yeah, because I've heard, like, I don't know if any of them are true. But, you know, you see on Facebook sometimes those stories them, about yeah. this cat. And it's just kind of a cool little thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, oh, either way. I'm also going to eat this. You want to let Carly give a thing? Oh, Jesus. I think you should God, take off God, how long has it been since Tony got... I will say... Yes. I will say, I wasn't watching it for The Shining stuff, because like I said, I didn't even realize it was really a sequel to The Shining. Um, I thought that was I mean, I knew that it. there were some things in there, but I didn't... I didn't realize it was a sequel. Like, hey, is this um, recycled sets? <laughs> this looks familiar. And, Why did you cutting back to that kid in The Shining? And now, because I, I really didn't understand what I was watching when I watched The Shining, because I don't know anything about The Shining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I didn't. Now I kind of want to watch it again and see how much more meaningful it well, is. Well, you're in luck because yeah. there's a copy at your house. Yeah. <laughs> there's two. Because <laughs> there's a DVD in, in case you want to watch it again. But I probably won't want to watch this movie again. I told Tony it's not a movie that is really for me. No. You're not going to be but, like, hey, what's uh, on? Let, oh, the mummy's on. But it Let's is watch Doctor Sleep. She doesn't like. <laughs> she doesn't like kid murders. She's a weirdo. I don't like. <laughs> this is what I would consider a thriller, though, and thrillers are interesting. Like, it's I, basically a secret X Men movie. Kind of. <laughs> He's like, look, this is Xavier, but he doesn't want to be Xavier, and the other person's Magneto, but it doesn't, you know, they're going to go killing people and attack and trying to get people, but. Kind of like New Mutants is going to be? Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. I don't know. I saw a trailer for New Mutants, and I said to John, is this a horror oh, movie? It is. It actually is a horror <laughs> And I was like, I don't know that I want to see I that. I think it's more of a thriller than a horror, but. I don't know. Well, they said they wanted to try to make a X Men horror movie because they want to do something different with the genre. And they also shot this. So we'll see. They shot this. Was it right around before? It was either before it was or right three, after. Three years ago. Dark, yeah. Was it was, <laughs> the same time as Dark Phoenix? Yeah. It's it's, it's an old movie that got because they were trying around. to figure out which one was going to be the last Sony X Men. Yeah. And it was either going to be this or Dark. And Dark Phoenix is like in the discount bin. In, in yeah, Walmart I heard it was point. not good. I haven't seen it. it yeah, probably won't watch it's it. not good. It's like, hey, you know Disney that? Plus or something, I'll watch it. <laughs> you know the Dark Phoenix saga? You know the really cool story? We're yeah, doing it let's again. fuck it up twice. <laughs> oh, it's not anything like, like the Dark Phoenix saga, but it is interesting, it's like, I hey, think. You know, they thought we couldn't fuck it up last time. Let's yeah. really show them. <laughs> <laughs> let's just keep doing this once. I again. don't know. The problem with all of those X Men movies, even Dark Phoenix, where she isn't even in it that much, too much is mystique. too much mystique. Yeah, she's not that <laughs> interesting. It's too only much mystique, and as much as I love Ian McKellen and. Um, Michael Fassbender and Hugh Jackman, it doesn't always have to revolve around Wolverine and Magneto. Yeah. <laughs> like they're great, but holy shit, man! Yeah, that's because the movies big, do we need about? Well, it's because they have, want the big name actors to be the stars. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got to be all about the stars. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, how about Kitty Pryde? She's really interesting. Yes, yeah. there are a lot of cool X Men. But as far as me, the my favorite character was Danny Torrance. My least favorite character, I guess, is Rose the Hat. Even though I like Rose the Hat. Wink. You, you, you could have picked Snake Bite Andy. We all did. Everybody else did. <laughs> I didn't think about that, honestly, until you guys said that. I, I, think that she's I gotta a tell you, I almost, I almost picked Abra's fucking parents. They were a bit much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
I almost picked them because they knew their kid was special. No, no you don't. And get they to go just back. pretended. You don't get so to go I, back. But then Snake by Andy, it bothered me even more. So there's plenty of least favorite characters to go around. You don't have to pick <laughs> Rose the Hat. There's plenty of them. Uh, my favorite scene is when the Overlook eats Rose. I was waiting the whole movie for that, so that was pretty cool. And she's a horrible monster, so it's cool that she got destroyed terribly. My favorite line is, we're all dying, this world's just one big hospice with fresh air. Oh, that was, I was thinking about That's that one. Yeah. And my favorite tertiary object are the little steam canisters that you keep dead children in. Because, <laughs> holy shit, that was fucked up. They're like, they're like thermoses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they look like thermoses. Like an old school metal thermos. All What's right. that? Is that your coffee? No, it's a kid. <laughs> essence of. Can I have some violence? The gas is. Oh, that's Timmy. Yeah, that's Johnny. That's Timmy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Carly. All right. Please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast on Instagram yeah. at movie podcast dogs on Twitter at unmovie podcast or you can email unmovie podcast at gmail.com. Tony was just talking the whole time. I don't know if you heard that, but don't worry about it. It's all good. And it's all good in the hood. That's it. For like, today? subscribe, and give us a rating. We got—I think we got a hundred subscribers last time I checked. Nice. Fifteen thousand downloads. Oh, Jesus, Ooh. there's an ad. <laughs> all right. Well, um, Liberty Mutual Insurance. Nice. Liberty Mutual. Join us next week on the podcast for Carly's pick. <laughs> Sorry, I'm busy. We talked about it on a recent episode. God. And I was like, this time I need I really need to do a movie that I have seen enough times that I can take more sparse notes because I am very busy all of a sudden now that school is about to go back in. So I looked and I can do Steel Magnolias. Oh, <laughs> you can do it? How can you I do can't it? it has a low Metacritic score, I think it was. <laughs> I love Metacritic and their crap scores. <laughs> Save you to the podcast. That's it. I'm doing the Godfather. <laughs> it had a really low Metacritic score. Had a really low Metacritic 59. score. 59.9%. Yeah. Uh, I was like, uh, so if it works, I'll do it. So is it a bad time to say I'm busy next week? Uh, yes. I have a thing. <laughs> this you is the theme to The Shining? <laughs> yeah. You should just unfly me to the moon. <laughs> well, I didn't think we were going to do it. It's come fly with me, not fly me to the moon. Oh, okay. Fly, come, fly me to the moon is a different song. Yeah. <laughs> fly me to the moon. That was in um, Wall Street. Across the stars. All right. Well, now that we've all uh, done a little Frank, uh, <laughs> see you next week. Dean is back.